0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211. Dan Patrick Sports, I'm your host. Nick Gieber, great to be with you for our uh, patented Pundits Premier League preview show uh, this Friday as we get ready for a uh, full weekend in the Premier League. We have had a match already today uh, where Newcastle United and uh, Crystal Palace uh, played to a bit of a snooze fest right up until the end. We're going to talk about that after the break. Well, welcome to the show. We are presented by betonline.ag. Uh, it, is, it, it is wonderful to have Premier League back, internationals behind us, uh, and we can just move on and get on with life. The Premier League also starting to get on with life as well, <clears throat> despite the still raging pandemic. Uh, the Premier League getting ready to fill fans in stadiums. Not a lot, mind you. They're doing it by adding three tiers, tier one, two, and three. Uh, tier one, 4,000 fans maximum, tier two. 2000 Tier 3 Zippo. I'm going to tell you who's what, where, when, and why, uh, when we're going to see the first fans, who'll have fans, who won't, and give you my opinion about what I think about it. Find me on Twitter at NickGeber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. And of course, if you miss, I say of course, because you don't know this unless I tell you, but if you miss any part of this show, you can find it immediately upon its conclusion at our wonderful podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network, where this isn't the only football show there. Uh, They've got BSI, the podcast, with uh, Ike Parra, amongst others, Sal Zizo, some great players on that podcast. And of course, the Shep Messing Daily Cast is actually one of my favorites. Shep, a New York legend of American soccer. You can find him, at the Believe Network talking New York Red Bulls almost daily, but now that the MLS season is basically finished. Uh, he will be talking football in general. Anyway, we've got a lot to get to today. I'm going to give you my picks and predictions for this weekend's Premier League matches, as well as some good odds and bets and values, if there are any. Of course, courtesy of our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. So I'm going to take a break, gather my thoughts, and print out the odd sheet from betonline.ag so I'll be ready when I come back after the break on World Soccer Radio. back to the show. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and uh, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It's great to have you with us. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern for you early birds or late-nighters or ravers or partiers or whatever it is. That is courtesy of Sports Overnight America. We are presented by uh, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And while uh, the lockdowns are largely in effect for most sporting events and actually, we're going to talk a little bit about the Premier League and their plans to bring fans back uh, right after we talk about betonline.ag. Uh, you can still get in on the action at betonline.ag. You can still have loads of fun with sports, even if it's not quite the way you thought you would like to do it, in the stands, sitting on, uh, sipping on your beer or what have you. Uh, you can get on get on at betonline.ag. Uh, they've got all sorts of different bets from team bets, prop bets, uh, you know, money line, you name it. They've got a hundred different ways to bet the game. Uh, go to betonline.ag. Make them your online sportsbook experts. Just remember, folks, if you're going to bet online, please do so responsibly. Make betting a little bit of fun and not a lifestyle. Uh, okay, so the Premier League announcing that they are going to be, uh, that they have a plan for bringing back fans. And we, we, we talked about this first week of December, they're going to bring back fans. And the way they're going to do it in the UK is they are designating certain areas uh, in terms of their uh, COVID, the uh, virulency of their COVID outbreak. So uh, tier one is, you know, you don't want to go anywhere. You want to stay at home. You want to put a mask on. You want to wrap yourself in plastic. Uh, you just don't want to go out the door. Then there's tier two, which is you know not quite as bad. And then there's uh, actually it's the other way. Or yes, and then tier three is you know it's all good and dandy. And I think I got that one right. So uh, let me just double check that because I don't want to give you any. Yeah. So tier one is, pardon me, it's actually reversed. Tier one is everything's fantastic. Tier two is everything's on its way, hopefully, to being fantastic. And tier three is wrap yourself in plastic. Don't leave the house. I had it reversed because I live in Los Angeles. I haven't lived in the UK in a while. So certainly not during the COVID outbreak. So you'll excuse my my mistaken uh, tiering. (laughs) But okay, let's talk about it. So uh, tier one, Uh, You can have up to 4,000 fans in the stadium. Uh, There are no teams currently that are going to be in Tier 1. Tier 2, uh, there are some teams that are in Tier 2. Most of the London teams, for example, Arsenal, Chelsea, Fulham, uh, Tottenham, uh, these are all um, West Ham United. These are all Tier 2 teams, uh, along with teams like Southampton, Liverpool, uh, Everton, obviously, if Liverpool's tier two, Everton would have to be tier two. Uh, Crystal Palace, of course, a Londonish team, tier two. Uh, Chelsea, tier two. I mentioned that. Brighton, tier two. The, the tier three teams that can't have any fans are Aston Villa, Burnley, Leeds, Leicester, City, that's Manchester City, United. Manchester United, of course, and Newcastle United as well, just to keep in tune with the Uniteds, and Sheffield United. I want to throw in another one there for you. Tier three, Sheffield United, West Brom, and Wolves. So um, those are the tier three teams that can have no fans. Now, there is some discussion about the disparities in this, um, and that, that there's been some whispers that there is a feeling that some of the tier three teams are being hard done by that they're going to have less of an advantage playing at home uh, without the 2000 fans that the other teams can have because they are in tier three Uh, i'm not sure i buy that and number one i don't know how much noise 2000 fans can bring what i'm hopeful for is that the networks will place microphones right there where those 2,000 fans are for the Tier 2 teams, and so that we can do away with this piped-in crowd noise, which I I just find really ludicrous, Um, and that we can have some real crowd noise, even if it is only 2,000. So bring the loudest 2,000. The question is, of course, how do you decide which 2,000 fans get tickets? And I actually think it should be done either on longevity of season ticket-holding um, possibly, or you know, maybe you just want your loudest, most virulent supporters there. And then how do you keep a lid on ticket scalping and people getting tickets and the sort of secondary market for these tickets? The Premier League has spent an enormous amount of time and money uh, trying to get a handle on this over the years, and I think they largely have done so. But can you imagine the value of a ticket? I mean, this weekend... The big match is at Stamford Bridge, where Chelsea and Tottenham will play each other. Now, both of these are Tier 2 teams, uh, so there will be – except for this is not quite December the 8th, so we're not there yet. But if this was December the 8th, um, then you could have 2,000 fans in the the stands at Stamford Bridge for the game. Which 2,000 do you choose? I say you choose the loudest. (laughs) It's that simple. By the way, Pep Guardiola has come out and said, look, you know, this whole discussion about the fact that teams that are Tier 3 can't have fans, a quote-unquote disadvantage, is just silly that we are in um, completely... We are, pay, pay, we are blazing a trail in completely uncertain, untested, untried times with COVID. It's a terrible situation. Nobody wants to be here. This is making the best of a terrible situation. And once again, I appreciate Pep Guardiola coming out and speaking truth and cutting through all of this sort of nonsense, conspiracy theory crap, uh let's just be done with it yes it it is imperfect yes teams that are tier three would be better off with two thousand fans in the stadium absolutely but you know what they can't have them because their covid is rampant not for it not for anything they've done it's just sometimes life deals you a bag of crap so manchester city manchester united newcastle sheffield wolves burnley leeds leicester you have a bag of crap and you've got to deal with it And I think that just puts it succinctly and perfectly, and it is a step on the way to the full reopening of sport. Hopefully, when there is a vaccine and going to a sports event doesn't mean that you're going to be then going to a funeral. Because at the end of the day, if we really ask ourselves these questions and look in the mirror, that's what we're talking about here a disease that is so virulent for those that are susceptible or with compromised immune systems or even just healthy people that you can die if you get it. We've seen these quote-unquote super spreader events, and I'm not getting into the politics of this here, but you've seen what can happen. So clearly a stadium, you know, cheek by jowl, chock-a-block with people is going to be the breeding grounds of something just awful. It's been nine months since we've had the packed stadiums it's been nine months since you have heard the singing and the chanting and the cheering. But let's bring it back and let's have cheering and let's have singing and let's have chanting and let's not have funeral dirges. And if it means we've got to go tier one, tier two, tier three, no fans, 2,000 fans, 4,000 fans, then when it comes in, maybe we're going to go, you know, no fans, 4,000 fans, 10,000 fans. Once they figure it out, once they figure out... The risk versus the reward ratio, uh, then we'll be well on our way. But this is a baby step. I don't think there's any conspiracy here. And yeah, it, it's definitely unfair. It's definitely uh, unfair. There's no, there's no doubt. I mean, Arsenal can have fans, and Wolverhampton Wanderers cannot have fans. They're playing this weekend. We're gonna give you I'm gonna give you the picks for my Premier League picks this weekend coming up after the break, so stay tuned. But that's my thought on the tier system. Um, You know, it, it is what it is, and let's just be happy for it, and let's just say, great, we can have fans back in the stadium and maybe get away from this awful, canned crowd noise on our broadcast. All right, I'm Nick Gieber. This is World Soccer Radio. Find me on Twitter at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com, forward slash World Soccer, Week, uh, World Soccer Radio. Excuse me. Uh, when we come back, let's kick it all off, shall we? Brighton, Liverpool. I'm going to give you my picks and the match breakdown. We'll take care of all the Saturday matches when we come back after the break. rock and roll All right, welcome back to World Soccer Radio. Before we get on with the rest of the show, I wanted to highlight a couple of other podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network you should check out. I mentioned these earlier. First, there's BSI, the podcast, hosted by former and current USL and MLS players Benny Failhaber, Sal Zizo, and Aiko Parra. This show, which is BSI, is where the hosts call up a weekly guest. They talk football, current events. They share behind-the-scenes stories. And they do have my favorite section of the show, which is Ike's interrogation, when they pepper their guest with questions from fans and listeners. And then there's Shep Messing Daily Cast. And if you know anything about Shep, he's an absolute legend of the game here in the US. He's a retired MLS vet, amongst other things, and he's a revered New York soccer broadcaster. Shep talks all things Red Bulls on this daily show. And of course, with the MLS season uh, in the rearview mirror, just about, he is talking global football in general. A lot of fun, and uh, Shep's a great guy. So if you're a protector of the Passaic, If you're a soccer fan or even just a sports fan, be sure to check out BSI the podcast and the Shep Messing Dailycast wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, uh, let's get back to it. A full slate of Premier League fixtures uh, this weekend. We have had the first match. It happened today. It wasn't exactly a uh, steaming hot match. Let's just put it, I think that's the best way to put it, right? Uh, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Selhurst Park, this is in London, uh, Newcastle traveling. And, you know, it's funny, people think that um, uh, people have dogs, the sort of reflect the personality you know people you you, you've seen these memes right there's you know the guy that's kind of got the long saggy face and he's got the bulldog or or what have you Uh, it in some respects these teams as as teams do reflect the personalities of their managers this was one of the dullest games you are likely to see in an awfully long time right until the very end right until the very end uh when joe linda well started with Callum wilson Uh, in the uh, 88th minute, getting a goal. Then Joe Linton, who I'm actually a big fan of at Newcastle, I think a very underrated player, uh, getting the goal in the 89th with uh, Callum Wilson, I believe giving him an assist. So uh, by the way, yeah, Joe Linton actually assisted on Callum Wilson's goal and Callum Wilson assisted on Joe Linton's goal. So Joe Linton, uh, essential in both goals as of Callum Wilson. But really, honestly, this was a really, really dull game. Uh, almost had trouble keeping the eyes open during this one. Uh, But Crystal Palace did lose at home, Newcastle with the win. And with that win, by the way, Newcastle now, I think want to say up in 10th place, it was a very good result for them, one they desperately needed. And the interesting thing for me about Newcastle is they are actually scoring some goals, you know. I mean, they scored 12 goals in 10 games. If you look at Crystal Palace, uh, they've also done about the same. The problem with Palace is they've had uh, a little bit of... uh, they've had a a little bit unlucky in terms of getting a draw versus a loss or a loss versus a draw Uh, but anyway this was a match to kind of forget unless he turned it on right at the end but uh, Crystal Palace losing at home to Steve Bruce and Bruce's men and again Steve Bruce and Uncle Roy are hardly two of the most dynamic exciting uh, animated uh, exciting animated I'm trying to think of another word Well, that will have to do. Managers in the game. They are not. Uh, However, let's move along, shall we? Brighton are playing Liverpool for a big match because right now Brighton coming off a win against Aston Villa at Villa Park. And if you remember, Aston Villa are really a team that at times have been on absolute fire this season, beating Liverpool 7-2 at Anfield, although largely better away from home. I think we've established that. Uh, they did beat Aston Villa away for Brighton, and that got them nine, uh, that got them up to nine points. A little bit of clearance from Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield, who are really languishing down there at the bottom of the table. And we're going to get to Sheffield and West Brom and talk about them in a little bit, because they have a massive match coming up on Saturday. So we're going to talk about that one. But uh, this one, Liverpool, look, I mean... <laughs> Let me give you the odds. Liverpool are only minus 143. Brighton are plus 370. When you think about it for a minute, when you think about it for a minute, those are very close odds for what should actually kind of be a bit of a mismatch. You would imagine that Liverpool would be more than plus plus or 143, uh, pardon me, minus 143, uh, favorites to win this game. I'm going to take Liverpool <coughs> at minus 143. Liverpool have started sc- scoring goals or have been scoring goals really with regularity. They are right behind Tottenham. They are equal on points on the table with Tottenham. Uh, they've scored <coughs> excuse me, 21 goals and they've conceded 16. Liverpool uh, a very good team. They're not going to lose this one to Brighton uh, away from home Liverpool have lost only one game on the season and that of course that that horrible win that horrible loss at home to villa. So I'm predicting a Liverpool win here. And next one, uh, Manchester City against Burnley. Man City Burnley. Now, uh, Man City for all their troubles this season, the biggest problem that they've had, quite honestly, has been scoring goals. Goals have been at a premium for Manchester City this year, uh, this season, when uh, they certainly uh, were not last season. However, uh, the last three meetings of these clubs, City have scored five goals on Burnley in each of the last three meetings. So I think they're going to score some goals. It may not be five, but I don't think this is going to be too much of a problem. And they have won all six of the last league games in uh, the last three years against Burnley. So I think that's going to uh, fit in. Question is, is uh, uh, Sergio Aguero fit? If he is, you know, it's going to change the look of City going forward because they are languishing. Uh, Regardless of that, uh, at the Etihad, City huge favourites, minus 667. They are going to win this, so I'm going to check the box for City. And is it going to be over three goals? Because that's the over is minus 108 or under. Um, If we look at Burnley right now, let's take a look at how they're doing in terms of uh, goals and goals against. Uh, you will see that they are, even though they have a little bit of added uh, oomph in the back with um, the return of um, what's his name, uh, Ben Mee. Thank you, Ben Me. I still, you know, they've been conceding goals left, right, and centre. They've conceded twelve in the season. That's uh, a little bit more. So I think they. I don't think it's going to hit the over. So I'm going to take the under. Uh, minus one, uh, un- minus 120, that's going to be my pick if you want to bet the over or the under. Under three goals, minus 112 for that one. Okay, how are we doing on time here? Let's check. Oh, we got plenty of time. We're going to finish all of these matches. Everton leads at Goodison Park. Uh, this is going to be a really fun game. Both these teams, I mean, Leeds have only one game. That is attack, 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 attack. They, they don't know, they don't really have any other look whatsoever. And they were really unlucky last week that they didn't beat Arsenal. So Bielsa has this team. They believe they can go out and punch it up and go to the ropes and fight anybody in a good old-fashioned stand-up, knockdown brawl. Uh, Of course, they're one of these kids that's sort of the scrawnier kid that likes to fight the bigger kid and always gets knocked on his ass. Everton are a little bit more cagey. They don't quite play as much opening-flowing football, but they are wicked on the counter-attack, and I think Everton will manage to soak up a lot of the Leeds attack and will hit Leeds in return on the counter-attack. Again, this one is at Goodison. Uh, Everton have been conceding goals, and the rub is, oh, they've been conceding so many goals. I want to point out they've conceded the exact same amount of goals as Liverpool have, so it's not that bad. And they've, they've also scored almost as many. So Everton's score... A lot of goals. They've scored uh, 19 goals in nine games. Leeds United concede a boatload of goals. They've conceded 17 goals in nine games. This is going to be. I'm going to say 3-1. Everton are going to win this one at home. Over three plus one away plus money on the over. I think you almost have to take it. I think Leeds will score, but I don't think uh, they're going to do much better. Uh, they're going to do much better than that. Uh, the next match is a match. and Look, everyone's going to talk about the Chelsea-Tottenham game. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. But actually, the, this game is massive, massively important. We're talking about West Bromwich Albion playing Sheffield United. This game, incredibly important because neither of these teams has a win on the season. That is an absolutely ridiculous statement to make but it is true and if you think about it they this sheffield united last year everyone was talking about oh they're you know they're overperforming this that and the other and i thought they played some wonderful football last season really exciting interesting stuff but You know this season it's just all gone wrong it's all gone pear-shaped and and this is at the Hawthorns this is at West Brom Uh, if we let's take a look at their uh, recent results together Uh, their recent results Sheffield lost to West Ham lost to Chelsea lost to City lost to Liverpool and they did we got to go all the way back to October for the last point that they had where they uh, had a 1-1 with Fulham Uh, that's pretty bad Neither of these teams are scoring goals. Sheffield have scored four, uh, has scored uh, only uh, four goals on the season. West Brom have scored six. They've both been conceding more goals than you can imagine, which is why I'm telling you this is going to be a draw, but it's going to be a score draw. So for me, I see both teams scoring one goal in this game. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say 1 1 for the draw. That's plus 197. And I'm going to say, Uh, Under two is going to be minus 118. Over two, minus 102. So uh, I'd say take the minus 118. It'll push if it's 1-1. So take that one. Uh, That's my pick, West Brom, Sheffield United for the draw. When we come back, let's talk about Southampton United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Fulham, West Ham, Aston Villa. I'd love to get your picks for the weekend, too, Twitter me at Nick Gibra, N I C K G E B E R. All right, I will be right back with more after this. Welcome back, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, and the American Forces Network. We're also on iHeartRadio. Tune in, and our podcast is on the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. It's great to be with you every Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Then again at midnight, that's 3 a.m. East Coast time on Sports Overnight America. Uh, So let's get to it, shall we? We just did the Saturday matches. Now it's time to take a look at the Sunday Premier League matches, uh, starting off with Manchester United uh, taking a trip to Southampton at St. Mary's. And, you know, the thing with United, for me anyway, is that I just, they're really a strange team. I mean, they lose at home against Arsenal, and and I'm still not sold on this Arsenal team. That's another really inconsistent team. They go to Goodison, they beat Everton 3-1, and then they host a god-awful team in West Bromwich Albion, and they beat them only 1-0 it's it's a little bit of a head shaker to be fair and they're on their way to play a southampton team that is actually looking uh, pretty darn good they are currently 5th in the table and they haven't lost a game since the second match of the season where they lost 5-2 at home to tottenham and of course they kicked off the season with a 1-0 loss away at selhurst passed to park to paris uh, to paris <laughs> <laughs> to crystal palace Sometimes my brain works faster than my mouth, so you will excuse me. The interesting thing about that's this seven-match run that Southampton have been on is that they have actually only drawn two of those seven games. And they have scored 17 goals. which is a shocker. Let's take a look at who they've beaten. They've beaten Burnley. They've beaten Southampton. They've beaten uh, West Brom. Everyone beats West Brom. They beat Everton. They beat Aston Villa. Uh, They beat Newcastle United 2-0. I suppose the... You can then say, well, you know, they haven't really played any one sort of massive and that they've beaten all the teams they should, which is all true, by the way. That's absolutely true. But if you want to get up the top of the table, you have to do that. The one result that I would caution making a judgment about what I just said with to look at is the Chelsea result. They went to Stanford Bridge, middle of October, and they got a 3-3 draw against a very good Chelsea side. And now they're hosting a United side that, quite honestly, uh, their 1 0 victory against West Brom was. I thought West Brom were unlucky not to get something out of that match. I suppose uh, United's best performance has been uh, the 3 1 away at Goodison Park. But then it's Everton. And, you know, Everton are a wildly inconsistent team. I just don't know what to make of this match. If you look at the odds, uh, Man United are plus 103. Southampton are, uh, so plus 103 makes them the favorites. Southampton are minus, um, what's it say here, 117. The problem is that Southampton are not just going to sit back and soak up United. Uh, They're going to have a go at them. And then I think they're going to show themselves to to uh, United, show themselves United, they will be susceptible to United's attack. Uh, I'm predicting uh, there'll be more penalties. Uh, Bruno Fernandes will no doubt take them. I actually think United are going to draw this game. No, are they going to win it, draw it? Hmm. Uh, Plus 103, I don't think there's enough value there to pick United for the win. I'm going to say the draw, plus 240, and I don't think it's going to be particularly high scoring. No more than two goals. So you're going to want to take the under on this one, under two and a half. Okay, let's move on to uh, the game that I think everybody's talking about. Chelsea, Tottenham, Stamford Bridge. And (coughs) I thought Jose Mourinho was at his absolute best last weekend when... Tottenham beat up on Pep Guardiola's Manchester City side. I don't think anybody that follows the game uh, would have been anything other than wildly impressed with how uh, with um, how uh, Tottenham played. And look, they had a, they lost the first game of the season at home against Everton, but other than that, in the eight games they played since it's been two draws six wins and those wins have come up against teams like united and most recently uh manchester city at home and then you look at chelsea and here you've got a team a young team also only lost one game on the season and again if chelsea win this game they will leapfrog tottenham to the top of the table Obviously, the Liverpool result will have something to say. Uh, we expected Liverpool to win. They would actually be top. But this would take Chelsea into second place. Everybody talks about, well, Chelsea, they haven't really beaten anybody. And They beat Newcastle. They beat Sheffield United. They beat Burnley. Uh, they beat Crystal Palace. And they beat Brighton. In fact, their only loss has come at the hands of Liverpool. And I think there is something to be said there. I like this Chelsea team. I like what Frank Lampard's doing there. He's got a lot of belief, a lot of young players. uh, This Frank Lampard project, I will be honest with you, has been a much bigger success than I ever thought it would be. But having said that, Jose Mourinho showed and is showing first of all he's being unbelievably quiet he is taking a backseat to guys like Klopp and Guardiola and and that to me is incredible it's almost uh, it's almost like the old dog is learning some new tricks but he is a wily experienced brilliant tactician is not afraid to play dull football when he needs to, but on the other hand, he will play expansive performances and expansive football when they need to. Spurs do best when they're playing ahead in the game which means they're going to come out early and try to score. I mean, it's kind of a trite thing to say. Every team comes out and tries to score. But, you know, there's this sort of bottom-sniffing stage, like dogs in a park, where uh, teams, when they come out, they sort of, They're very tentative and they sniff around each other like fighters in the ring, you know, the first round. There's a lot of jabbing and a lot of moving, but not a lot of hard punching as they're kind of sussing each other out. So it's like dogs in the park. They're sniffing each other's bottoms to see if they like the smell or they don't like it. And if they don't like it, then, you know, the fur will fly. Uh, Tottenham like to come out, let that fur fly right away. But on the other hand, uh, Chelsea are currently the highest scorers in the Premier League. And I don't think Spurs have the wherewithal to keep them out. I'm not convinced. This is a huge match. This match has all sorts of implications going forward for the season. It's going to tell us a lot about this Chelsea side. Let's take a look at the odds. The odds makers have Chelsea as the slight favourite, set plus 117. Tottenham at plus 210. The draw plus 250. Uh, the over is one, uh, plus 100. The under is minus 120. So they're not they're not thinking there's going to be a, an enormous amount of goals on this one. Um, I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure that I agree on this one because Chelsea have actually been conceding some goals this season and um, they've conceded Uh, what have they conceded? Uh, Well, I take that back. Chelsea have conceded 10 goals. So Chelsea defensively are pretty good. They are the top scorers. Uh, Tottenham have also not been conceding many goals this season. So I take both of what I said back. Clearly, I'm eating some words here, and that's okay. Uh, But I like, uh, uh, this is a a low scoring game, a 1-1, a 2-2. Do we learn anything here? I think Jose Mourinho edges it out. I'm going to say Tottenham are going to win away from home, plus 210, but take the under. Okay, Arsenal, Wolves, this is another one. Uh, uh, the The funny thing about this match, and we still got Leicester Fulham and, and West Ham Villa to get to, but Arsenal are a complete Jekyll and Hyde team. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. Look, I think Arteta's in the right job but he has also lost four games on the season in the last uh, five matches he's only won one in the last five which is is not particularly great form their last result was at nil nil against leeds united before then they were beaten at home three nil against villa although again villa on the road are a team to be reckoned with uh, and they did win at old trafford that was their most recent victory uh, they lost to leicester uh, they lost to man city Uh, Who have they beaten? Well, they beat Sheffield United, big whoop there. They beat West Ham, pretty much equally big whoop there, and they beat Fulham. So I'm not convinced on this Arsenal team. I'm not pulling the eject handle on Arteta, uh, but I do think that he is uh, having some issues and that, that he doesn't have a good enough squad. On the other hand, Wolverhampton Wanderers are looking very good, I think. In their last six matches, they've only lost one. They are coming off a 1-1 against Southampton at the at Molyneux. but Southampton actually are a good side. I'm going to take. I'm going to give you my prediction here. This is away from home. Uh, this is at Emirates. I'm going to say that this is going to be a. I'm going to take another draw here. A plus two ten. All right, Leicester City, Fulham, and. You know, the Leicester City project, we talk about the Arteta project, we can't forget the Leicester City project because Brendan Rodgers doing a great job there. But so much of this team swirls around one Jamie Vardy. When he is uh, fit, when he is firing, uh, this team can do absolute wonders and uh, they have a good team around them, don't get me wrong, and Brendan Rogers is a good manager. But if I have to pick... A winner for this. This isn't all that difficult uh, because Fulham are struggling at the bottom of the table. Uh, They've only scored nine goals in nine games. That's a goal game. They've conceded two. Leicester City, on the other hand, quite the opposite. Uh, They've scored 18 goals. They've only conceded 12 in nine games. Uh, I've got to like Leicester for this one. We don't need to go into this in too much detail. Minus 193, Leicester City. (coughs) Next one, West Ham. Aston Villa, Uh, Aston Villa are away from home, uh, which is where they are, have been absolutely deadly. Uh, West Ham United are coming off two wins in a row against Sheffield United and against Fulham. But honestly, neither of these teams are Aston Villa. I am going to take Aston Villa of this one for the away win to spice it up a little bit, shall we? At plus 188. So those are my picks for the weekend. I hope you have uh, enjoyed them. Or written them down. Let me recap them quickly. Brighton, Liverpool, I say take Liverpool. Man City, I'm going with Man Man City. Burnley, I'm saying Man City. Uh, Goodison Park, I'm saying take Everton against Leeds. Uh, West Brom at at, uh, West Brom, Sheffield United, uh, I'm saying take the draw at plus 197. Uh, Southampton, Man United at St. Mary's, take the draw. Chelsea, Tottenham at the bridge, take Tottenham. Arsenal, Wolves, take the draw. Leicester, Fulham. Uh, At the King Power, take Leicester. And West Ham, Aston Villa, you're going to take Aston Villa. Those are my picks. All the odds courtesy of betonline.ag. This is World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Uh, I feel a little out of breath after that. I'm going to have a drink and be right back to wrap it up after this. All right. Welcome back. World Soccer Radio. Just a couple of minutes left. Nick Gieber with you here on the Sports Byland Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, as well as the American Forces Network. So how was your Thanksgiving? I hope it was good. Mine was uh, uneventful, I would say. It's actually been an uneventful three years in a row. It's been rather uneventful Thanksgiving haven't had anywhere particular to go. But this year, in fact, I have to tell you, I I didn't feel sorry for myself or sad, anything like that. It's just that everybody is making some sort of compromise for this uh, disaster that is COVID-19. And uh, quite frankly, uh, many, many people chose to delay their Thanksgiving plans for very good reasons uh, in the hopes that uh, next year we might all have a substantially better Thanksgiving. Having said that, uh, I always uh, could get through the day by looking forward to the Premier League matches this weekend because they are going to be some really fun ones. My only sadness is that the Liverpool match is the early match and I have to get up at four in the morning for it, which um, is just bloody awful, to be honest. And uh, it's like, I mean, they're playing Brighton. And I'm just not sure if I'm going to watch it live or I'm going to tape it, which is, you know, as a big Liverpool supporter for me, uh, that's almost a sacrilege because then I have to turn off all the notifications on my phone and all the rest of that stuff. But I don't know if I'm going to make it up at four in the morning. Uh, certainly the my picks for the weekend, you want to watch this Everton-Leeds match. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wide open. You also want to be sure to watch Chelsea-Tottenham on Sunday and, of course, West Brom Sheffield United, a very, very important match. I know two kind of unsexy teams, uh, but you should definitely check that match out because both these teams winless at the bottom of the table. So they will both be playing with all their heart and soul. Okay, it's going to wrap up the show. Once again, check out our podcast on the Believe, B L E A V podcast network. Uh, please go visit our sponsor betonline.ag we thank them for their patronage and by the way a great site and a lot of fun as well in the meantime enjoy the matches this weekend and i'll check in with you on monday right have a great weekend cheers